Spoilers ahead. And and we're good. Oh, are we recording? Yeah. Go. Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hoth Topics. What's up, Hothheads? It's your boy. A podcast about <laughs> Star Wars. That is an interrupting alien species known as John, and I am the Imperial uh, sweep team, ousting him from the area he's invaded. Ian, thank you very much for joining us. We are outside today, John. We are. It's uh, been a beautiful, beautiful weather down here in Southern California, and uh, we're just sitting around waiting for our saber class tonight with San Diego Sabres. This is our last episode of Resistance Recon for Season 1. <clears throat> just to give a general overview of what happened in the episodes, and then we'll kind of go right into discussion about the, the impact and some of the things we noticed for the for these last couple episodes themselves. And John, feel free to interrupt me if I, if I drop anything or miss anything. This is all going off of memory from watching them last week. So. I will interrupt you. Good, good. That is... That is, I'm glad we have that established. So I think the first episode in this series, we have a situation where they are continuing the investigation uh, into what the First Order has been up to uh, in coring out these these planets. The First Order has really started taking a hold of the Colossus Station, and they have a communications blanket over it that makes it so that no communications go out. Uh, Poe ends up coming in onto the station and taking Kaz out to a sector where there are um, some devastated uh, core planets and uh, the sun is completely gone. Uh, they end up landing on a planet which uh, is the site of Luke's old temple. Do you have any way of confirming that other uh, than you just I, want it to happen? I I was meaning to look it up, but I'm almost 100% certain. So, well, maybe I'm not 100% certain, but uh, I'll talk about why I think it's that in, in a bit. But they land on a planet that um, its sun's been destroyed. Uh, there are There's a First Order Viper droid there that spots them, calls in reinforcements, they escape. Essentially, the entire episode serves to kind of build up the, the super weapon that we know is uh, Starkiller Base. Uh, I think the next episode we go into, I think it's called The Disappeared. Um, pretty simple uh, premise. The First Order is getting rid of any outspoken uh, detractors amongst the Colossus uh, denizens. And that these these include Hype Phazon, who's very vocal about his disappointment that they've grounded all flights and races, and uh, Mama, oh, what's her name? Auntie. Auntie. That's right. I wanted to say Mama Cats for some reason. Mama I Cats. I don't even know what that is or where it's from. Maybe I just made it up. But Auntie and uh, a couple other characters. Uh, they started playing on the tensions, widening gap, widening gap, and, and the tensions between Tam and the rest of the the Fireball crew. Where mm. Fireball crew, Fireball crew, where Just Tam is much up. more on the First Order side of things, and 
the rest of the crew is leaning more towards the resistance side of things. Kaz eventually does get to rescue his friends. Sort of. Uh, sort of. They end up taking a U-boat, I think. One of the one of the U-boat uh, ships. I don't know what they're actually called. I just yeah, call them U-boats. Definitely not a U-boat. I, I, they're, a, they're a U-boat ships. is a submarine. You're thinking of a landing craft. Yeah. But aren't... Wait, hmm. U-boats were the German submarines. Yeah, but didn't they have the thing with the lift and the... No. No? No, U-boats were just submarines. Okay. Well, I don't know ships. Real <laughs> was, or fictional, like apparently. Ameri- <laughs> the closest thing would be an American World War II landing craft. Sure. Just with a top on it. Yeah, so the the, the First Order landing craft. Yeah. Spadoigles. Spadoigle. Uh, the First Order Spadoigle. Yeah. They, uh, they end up taking one of those and going to Takadana, I believe, is what mm. Nazi says they're going tacos. to. Apparently, Ansi knows Maz because she says, I've got a friend on Takadana. Or maybe she knows... Literally anybody else on Takadana. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything else of great import in in this one. And and the last three episodes uh, really play on the station really struggling under the First Order uh, control. And they get this idea to... Oh, no, wait. Yeah, in The Disappeared, they get arrested by the First Order, right? At the end of that episode. And the next episode picks up with them escaping that arrest with only Tam getting... Well, they weren't arrested just yet. They they just walked in on some stormtrooper business. Right. And then okay. they get arrested at the beginning of the next episode. Yeah, so they get arrested. Spoilers. <laughs> they get, they get uh, arrested by the, the First Order... And Captain Pyre, with only uh, Tam being successfully arrested, everybody else gets away. And that begins this sort of situation where they, everybody, except for Tam, really, on the Colossus has had it, and they want to kick the First Order off. Uh, on the Resistance, quote-unquote, side of things, on Kaz's side, side of things, they decide that the best way to shut down get to the uh, communication block blanket device, which is on top of the tower, is to sink the entire station until only the tower is above water, then swim up. It's kind of a genius tactic. Uh, this is this is some of that, you know, we, we've said a lot of times, this is some of that D&D sort of, you know, mentality of trying to figure out how to solve a problem. Um swim up to the tower, disable the thing, and escape. Which they do, uh, but Yeager gets captured in the pursuit, pushing Kaz back into the ocean to swim back to his friends. On Tam's side of things, she gets introduced to this First Order agent whose name I forget. I was 100% expecting us to find out that like, she's her older sister. Yeah, or or related in some yeah. way. Which, I, I which, also was thinking that. Which they didn't do, so... right. Good on you. What I what I love about this, and this continues through through the the next two episodes too, is that she, the first order officer, she's not lying to Tam in 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 any sense of the word, but she's continuously showing her uh, information that kind of proves the first order's side of things. She basically just provides Tam with all this information 
that kind of proves the First Order's point that Kaz is a spy, they are working against the First Order, and all that sort of stuff, all that sort of things. Slowly changing her attitude, well, more like proving her pre-existing prejudices against the Resistance. And that goes to the point where even after shenanigans ensue where uh, Yeager teams up with Doza and the uh, Kaz and his crew to raise the ship back up and escape the First Order. Resistance group now joined by Yeager, who is sick of the First Order occupation. Shenanigans ensue where they are flushing out the uh, the First Order troopers by um, pressurizing and depressurizing chambers and getting them into traps. It's all very clever. And the, the overall goal is to get all of the water out of the system because they've discovered that the Colossus is actually a spacecraft and to pull it out and join up with the Resistance. Uh, <clears throat> on the other hand, they are also going to try to quote-unquote save Tam, who really doesn't need saving at this point. And it culminates in a exchange where Yeager and Kaz attempt to convince Tam to go with them while, you know, the ship is rising out of the ocean and the Colossus is rising out of the ocean and the First Order are trying to escape on a, on a shuttlecraft. And uh, Tam ends up having the option to go with the, uh, the First Order agent or to stay. And she chooses to go, which I thought was a brave choice. And I, I honestly thought that they were going to uh, have her, you know, see the error of her ways and go with her friends and trust would win out. But I think this sets up a way more interesting story uh, going forward into new seasons of Resistance. Um, the, the pirates end up coming and helping uh, kick the... Kick the... Uh, stormtroopers off the platform and, and shoot some TIE fighters and we get a really great scene of the aces uh, flying around and shooting stuff down Kaz is in there, Jaeger's in there shooting down the, the TIE fighter pilots we get the the red TIE fighter pilot getting, getting uh, he gets axed, he, he's off the show he gets blowed up I'm not really sure about the pirates motivations here like I guess Sonara just convinced them to go help and they, they were, yeah, they were kind of screwed over by the First Order, but they were also being constantly screwed over by the Aces, too. So I don't know. Just the well, enemy they, they of my enemy a, sort of thing. They had a deal with one of them. True. That's fair. Um, the the whole series kind of ends with, uh, with them blasting off into hyperspace, and they didn't put in the right coordinates, so we don't even know where they're going to end up. In the next season. With Ezra. Yeah, right. With Ezra and Thrawn on a space whale. On a girl, yeah. So, uh, there are a couple cool things in these last five episodes I, I kind of want to go over. The first one being, I, I liked, I really liked the integration of the Starkiller base firing and blowing up the Hosnian system. They're broadcasting that particular scene to all of the... Uh, first order operatives and everybody but tam ends up seeing it happen and i wonder if you know she would have seen that if she would have changed her mind but i think it was really 
impactful for Kaz's character. Now he kind of has something to fight for. And it, I think that was a trigger to kind of, I think we talked about this in the previous episode where, you know, he needs something to push him to be less goofy and more, more solidified in his role as a resistance agent. And I think this is really going to do that. What did you, what did you think about the inclusion of the, uh, Hosnian Prime explosion. Uh, makes sense to help solidify where in the timeline the show takes place. Oh yeah, that's where it's it's kind of a strange situation where the show is taking place before the last two movies, but also now kind of running simultaneous with because right, it's synced up. I you could argue that it's. It's only a couple days off. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Anyway. Time dilation. Yeah. <laughs> temporal. Temporal uh, anomalies. Yeah, temporal anomalies. Past is the future. Future is the past. Right. Uh, the All that of, stuff that I love. Uh, another side note, I'm, I'm watching season four of Star Trek Voyager right now. And it's been like ten episodes and maybe a third of them have been time travel episodes. Oof. Oh yeah, you'll love this one, Ian. There's a uh, a race called the Crenum that has a all their weapons are time based weapons. What and, does that mean? Um, they it, phase in and out of our timeline like they're torpedoes, so they can get through your shields because they just phase into a time when your shields weren't there. And then they also have this giant weapon ship that can uh, wipe out entire civilizations uh, to rearrange the timeline in a particular area of space. That year, sounds really dumb. Year of Hell episodes, uh, episodes. Uh, it's a two-parter. Uh, season four. Sounds dumb. Go, go, go! Watch it. It's Oof. got a. Uh, it's got Red from uh, that seventy show. Oh yeah, he's uh, uh, he's the bad guy. What's his name? Red. Well, his yeah, name no, is Red. The actor's name. It's Red. Back to Star Wars. Um, <laughs> you sound disappointed. So yeah, there, there's a. Uh, what did you think of the whole um, Tam going with the First Order at the end of everything? I have a feeling that Tam is going to be an underrated character because of this decision. I think a lot of people will see it as as the the, the black and white Tam sides with the First Order all the time sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, without thinking about her situation. Right. And I think I spent most of the third episode we watched just thinking on like how I could explain this to somebody. For the most part in the show, she seems like a First Order sympathizer. Where the, the main character of the show is being hired by the faction that is fighting the First Order. So we already know his bias. Right. Um, and he grew up in the New Republic. Like right. he Like that's the life exactly. he knows. And, and he, they point know, that out. He only knows that the Empire, like when he finds out that Doza was an Imperial... He doesn't trust Doza anymore simply because he was an Imperial. Right. It doesn't seem to bother him about the other ace pilot that wasn't. Yeah, the guy who's with blatantly. the cogs. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, I'm so glad he did not get shot down. He got a couple lines, yeah. too, which is cool. So let's say, Ian, you are an American. Let's, let's just pretend that for now. Um, okay, I can you, get into this role. You go and live on this island. Yep. At some point, the U.S. comes in and invades that island. And everyone is telling you, like, hey, these guys are pushing us around. They're not letting us have our freedoms. And you're like, yeah, I grew up there. It's fine. Yeah, these like, are this good. Is, this yeah, is normal. This is, this is what we do. And then 
but the we're US, here for your protection, but, citizen. But then we have forces over there that are are actually doing bad things. Yeah, but you have this patriotic mindset that you can't really see past it. Sure. And I I think that they're trying to show that with Tam. It's just I don't think it's gonna come through mm-hmm. as well. I agree with you. I I I think that there's a risk of them Tam being an underrated character because of that black and whiteness, but. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've really noticed in Star Wars, especially after The Last Jedi, and even going back to the prequels, too, you know, the original trilogy was pretty black and white. Empire yeah. bad, Rebels good, light side good, dark side bad. But if you look at the prequels and The Last Jedi, too, we're, we're really starting to, and I think this might have to do with just like where the world is today, right. as opposed to where we were back in the 70s and 80s, we're starting to acknowledge the gray area in these situations and it's coming through in the star wars stories i think that this is going to be a great vehicle to explore that gray area going forward mm-hmm. and well that and that's the thing is i'm hoping that they plan on exploring it because if you introduce that and then kind of half-ass it it's it becomes a lost story plot it right it becomes a plot hole but this is but. this is also a great way to explore the first order side of things because we haven't done that. All we've seen is like the leadership of the first order who are blatantly evil, just like we saw with the empire, the the imperial the 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 leadership who are like blatantly like a, a big issue. But we, but I think it's it's a good way to access some of those stories that I know that you like to see. Which is well, what what is what does the common man think? Yeah. And we get that a little bit with Tam talking about you know like oh my grandfather worked in a imperial uh, factory was he evil because he was trying to save his you know feed his family? It's 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 a weird line because if you have the possibility of of humanizing the the enemy too much. And then you get content that nobody wants. Like nobody wants to play the Sonic game where you learn about Eggman's backstory. <laughs> He's just the bad guy. And it's fine if, if there's just a bad guy. So, you know, it's it, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Because I... Like, I, I, I personally would like to see the stories from both sides. But I, I can understand how the general audience might not want to see it it they i think they set it up well enough and knowing the people behind it i think we'll 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 actually get a good story uh going in here so so what other what other things uh, give me something that stood out to you in in these last couple episodes i didn't take too many notes on like the last three episodes Mm -hmm. i was so interested in the story that the only things I saw were like super nitpicky things that mean nothing, like at all. They're sure. Just dumb things. Um, the one that stands out that I thought was kind of a weird choice is that when Kaz tells Nico he's a spy, and he's like, "No, you're joking." And he keeps like, "No, I'm a spy." Whatever. Nico seems really hurt by this. Mm-hmm. And then within within a commercial break is totally fine with it and is totally willing to help Kaz do whatever. And I thought that was kind of kind of weird that they just kind of skipped right. uh, uh, reconciling. I think that Yeager's blessing of it helped speed that process up with him saying, no, it's okay. 
that we I know and it's okay that he is one aided in that. But I agree with you. I mean, there's only so much, you know, there are only so many minutes you can devote to certain things. And... Right. That bird will kill us. Yeah. That, that one will kill us. <laughs> it's a Minoc, John. <laughs> but how can he breathe in this atmosphere? It's gonna... It's gonna there's atmosphere. Chewing on the power cables. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's, uh, again, it's one of those super nitpicky things. Yeah, like, sure. I can explain this way real easy. Let's get you. Yeah, right. All right, cool. Moved on. What uh, what do you think about the Colossus? Like we we kind of expected the Colossus was a spacecraft. Yeah, but... I kind of got because we recorded this like a week after the episode aired. I um kind of saw it. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That's I didn't think I didn't think of... it was gonna be that obnoxiously long. <laughs> I did appreciate that they they designed a starship that flew obnoxiously, mm-hmm. like completely vertically. I, right. I actually did really like that. It reminded me of um some of the wacky designs from other sci-fi mm-hmm. genres when you realize spaceships can be any shape in space. Yep, doesn't matter. Because it's there's no air. There's yeah. no aerodynamic nothings you need to worry about. Like, have you seen some of the weird Mon Cal ships in the in the Rebel fleet, like in, in Return of the Jedi? Those are just bizarrely shaped craft. <laughs> Definitely sub, su- submarines. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely aquatic. Definitely Watner. Definitely Watner. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What I would have liked Star to see Sonara's role be a little bit bigger in the last two eps because she just kind of shows up uh, with the pirates. Because uh, we just because we spent so much time with her. Again, that's like a really nitpicky thing. Well, but... I think I was thinking about that earlier, and I think that if. She and the pirates didn't show up at all in the episode. We wouldn't even be talking about it. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Well, I would have been saying, where's Sonara? I need my pirate ship. <laughs> hey. um, yeah, there, there were some weird choices. Like, that. having the pirates show up, um, I get it, and it worked for the story. I didn't like how the, the, the Crimson TIE Fighter pilot just kind of Blowed up. went out. I'm hoping it's... It's a phasma type situation where he's just going to keep showing up as a foil, huh. ineffectual foil. I don't you think that's really going to fall to Pyre? Well, Pyre Pyre didn't didn't get blown up. Well, yeah, but I mean, like that role of showing up and then being no no thwarted. The, the see see phasma sh- shows up, gets thwarted, and then dies. Finger quotes are happening around the microphone, and then comes back in the next movie. That's what. Pyre okay. Has not died yeah, yet. I guess. I guess. I'm talking about the trope of the villain that just doesn't die. Right. That's what I want. Okay. Because he just kind of went out like a punk. And uh, I don't as, know. I thought as it was... a recovering punk was not impressed. <laughs> I thought it was cool that they had his death at least to show how Kaz's piloting has greatly improved. You know, he saves Yeager's well, th- bacon and he flies through the Colossus to get that cool I... shot. I think that they're trying to show not that his flying is improved, is but that he he is a good pilot. That, mm-hmm. So we actually finally get to see him do that. So it's finally good to see that he's good at something other than he's bad spy me- messing it up. Yeah, it was <laughs> the the whole sinking the Colossus thing. Had, one of my notes was uh, it's finally finally good to see Kaz do a Kaz have a mission that doesn't fall apart because of his incompetence. Right. Um, <laughs> And I think like, because Yeager did get captured during that, but that was more of Yeager's choice to protect right. Kaz and, and um, 
Tora. Right. Toradoza. Right. This is a fun name to say. It is. Toradoza. Toradoza. Uh, Buggles played an important role. That guy's weird looking. Yeah. It's just like an owl dog. It's not a buffer pig, so I can't get excited about him. No, I think that this is... Buffer pig would have been a useful type of animal to have on an aquatic platform. Yeah. Because he could puff. (laughs) I think In case of emergencies, your puffer (laughs) pig can be used as a flotation device. (laughs) I think this is going to be the turning point where we start to get... Kaz is... He's going to become better spy in the seasons to come. That's the formula that Rebels followed, and it was also, you know, a, a Disney show. Bringing up a sort of a wider comment on, on Star Wars animation in general, I do like how shows themselves grow with their audience. You expect a certain age range to start watching the show as season to season, year to year, as that audience grows the show kind of grows with them. And that's one of the reasons why, like, some of the more nonsensical kid stuff doesn't bother me as much, because I know that that's the audience it's meant for, and as that audience grows, the show will grow with them. Mm-hmm. And I, th- that's actually, like, a really brilliant thing. Like, it's a cool thing. Like, so many shows out there just, they stay the same because they want to stick with one age range, but the Star Wars shows, they want to grow with their audience. I think a real good example of that is Adventure Time. If you watch yeah, Adventure Time in the yeah. first season versus the last season, the themes that they go through are completely like completely different. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really good one. That's a good point. They had they had the seasons to do it, so hopefully Resistance uh, gets the seasons to And the, the thing to think about too is part. like the eight to twelve age range. You grow a lot in four years no matter what you know you you, that's and they did that with rebels and rebels had four seasons yeah four seasons six seasons in a movie six seasons in a movie oh you made me sad now it's okay the dean still has a job antsy and hype do come back to help in that last fight so we kind of, those characters leave and then come back pretty uh, pretty quick. I think in the span of two episodes. Um, but, you know, it collects all the sort of named characters on the mm-hmm. Colossus. I'm glad they did this, but I thought it was the most extremely lazy way they could have done this. Because at the end of the last episode, they're blasting into hyperspace with the intent of meeting up with the the first the, with the with the resistance base that we see at the end of Force Awakens and beginning of the Last Jedi, and you know the entire time you're thinking, well, how are they going to do that? Because they, you know, that just doesn't work with the the timeline structure. Oh, well, I just assume they're going to retcon it. Yeah, but at the end, retcon Last Jedi. <laughs> Hashtag Ian. No, no, no. <laughs> uh but so I'm glad they put the line about oh I didn't put in the hyperspace coordinates like fully before we left so I have no idea where we're going. But at the same time, it's like that is the laziest why, way you could have done. Why that. was Niku still at the controls? All in all, though, um, overall thoughts of Resistance as a series. 
Oh, I'm still not 100% sold on it. Uh, I think I'm, I'm still having a little bit of trouble getting over the animation style. I mean, it, it took me... It took me two seasons to really get into uh, Clone Wars. Because the first couple seasons, that animation style was rough. Yeah. Um, though, it, it's... I can tell as the episodes go on that the this it's getting more refined and the 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 studio team is definitely um, tuning it way better. Um, right. The the other thing that I'm hoping they don't do is turn that first order agent into another hot callus. Um, she had the same helmet and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I don't want them to retread that exact story point after it being so recently used in the star wars media sure oh dude i just got this tam's the spy no because you mentioned hot callus like my my brain went to what if what if they drop out of hyperspace and they're just over the lestat home world (laughs) well they probably get killed yeah these guys are predatory and purple not all of them are purple again that's racist. Most of them are purple. That's fair. It's still a little <laughs> racist. Purple. So, are you going to give uh, give the second season uh, a chance to win you over entirely? No, I'll, I'll watch it because it's uh, because it's Star as, Wars. It's Star Wars, and even though like again, it doesn't take place in my favorite era, but uh, 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 it says the Star Wars word in it, mm-hmm. and when you jump into unknown space. There's a much better chance of you running into crazy Uncle Honda. Yep, and that's really all I care about. It'd be interesting to see if they fold Black Spire into Resistance as well. Well, they've mentioned it a couple times. Yeah, but I don't think we, you know, it'd be <laughs> interesting if we actually I, like go. There. I legitimately, after after the season finale episode ended, uh, I went to go look at an over overhead like drone shot of Black Spire to see if any of it lined up with the Colossus. Hmm. Like, well, maybe they just sink the Colossus into the dirt and the Black Spire is. Just a really tiny lake that they yeah. just... Yeah. Or just, just drilled with lasers. Right. With our exhaust. I do it in Kerbal Space Program all the time. Huh. Uh, so, of of what what are you what are you most excited for in terms of upcoming projects? Uh, it, of, of the three... Clone Wars. Clone Wars as and... As you have Clone Wars. What I like about the, the Clone Wars thing is that there's a finality to it. Mm-hmm. It is going to be the last season of the Clone Wars. So we don't have to, like, stress and worry about, like, oh, will this episode, like, get them canceled? Like, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they got their money already. Um, I am excited for, for the Mando just because I'm excited for a live-action Star Wars that isn't part of the trilogy. And it seems that after Solo uh, didn't do as well at the box office as they hoped, that they kind of shelved all the Star Wars stories. Mm-hmm. Or else, they're at least reformatting them. Yeah. And maybe they're reformatting them into a streaming-only service. Which, um, I don't like that everything is going to make me, you know, get more streaming services, but Disney yeah. is the one that's going <laughs> to get my money, so... Like, I don't even shell out for... I love Game of Thrones, but I don't shell out for uh, HBO Go or whatever. Yeah, I have so. I have Netflix and WWE Network, which is, like, the most useless one because... Oh, yeah. You can't watch shows live. Um, 
like their their normal weekday shows that you can only watch them thirty days after they've aired. Uh, the only bonus is you get pay per views, and they have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it's I'm one, not sure if I'm month. gonna. I'm still not sure if I'm gonna sign up for Disney Plus just so I can watch two shows. I mean, the thing the thing with Disney Plus is like I grew up a Disney kid. I wonder if they'll roll in any of their Fox acquisitions into the Disney service. That's actually what they've been talking about. I've been hearing from, uh, I think it was the the Weekly Planet uh, okay. guys, uh, James and Meso. That might make it uh, a little bit more. Yeah, they, they're, to me. they're talking about uh, rolling in some of Fox's stuff, and then like, like uh, Star specifically, Wars? specifically uh, <laughs> uh, the the X Men New Mutants. Apparently, they've been having some issues with that, so it might go direct to streaming. I'm looking forward to uh, another season of Resistance. I like the characters well enough. I, I hope to... I, I would like to see it um, maybe mature a little bit, just a bit. But then again, at the same time, it's a kid's show <gasps> for kids. So it, I if, don't really mind if it doesn't. If they're on the run from the First Order in the Colossus, that means Kaz is no longer a spy and could probably excel in stuff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... And I, you know, them being in space too—that's a—that's a good. It's basically good setting like water, for, except space. Yeah, it's even less stuff for them to animate. Good on you, design team. And that's, uh, you know, it'll be more, it'll be more, uh, he'll be more likely to get into space combat in space. So. Allegedly, there you go. Allegedly, well, I mean, Allegedly. more. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I'm also looking forward to learning more about the Mandalorian and seeing some stuff. Celebrations and like a. Two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Two or three weeks. So, um, we've got we got a couple people that we know that are going, and we'll we'll probably end up watching the live streams and everything that uh, anything that's available. So, if you have uh, questions or comments, uh, anything you'd like us to cover after or during celebration, let us know. Shoot us an email uh, at hothpod at gmail dot com or tweet us at the twitters at Hothpod uh, or leave us a comment on our website hothtopicspodcast.com John, anything else before we wrap up today? No. No? Alright. Well then, that'll do it folks. Uh, I've been Ian. I've been eating a tuna sandwich. That's been John. Thank you everybody. We will see you next time. Up in Palm Desert. Up in Palm Desert. I, I, I'm not familiar with the cardinal directions of California. Mm, it's north. Ah. Same as everywhere else. <clears throat> gotcha. Well, I guess you're right. We call south, Bishop directions. South would be. <laughs> I guess because Bishop is north. <laughs> uh, I suppose there would be. Uh, there would be south is just Mexico. So. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun at that tournament. Uh, we neither of us participated. Uh, we just kind of took video and photos, but it was still a lot of fun to to go and and watch the people fight and uh, everybody come together for a really cool thing. What were your thoughts on the matter? Sorry, adjusting stuff. I can't see my laptop. Yeah. Um, 
that was it was a good time. Yeah, we um, Ian brought up his, his DSLR, shot pics. Uh, I had too many GoPros mounted onto too many things, and yeah, it was fun just watching everyone. Everyone's everyone had a different fighting style, which is kind of cool. It's kind of funny when um, you you drill with specific forms for for weeks on end, and then when you get into the tournament setting, it kind of just goes. Kind of seems like it goes out the window, but maybe it's just those those uh, those forms are just in the back of your mind. Sort yeah, of thing. like the the one thing that I keep hearing is muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, like the forms are there to get your muscle memory going, to get you you used to moving the blade in a certain way. But once it once you get into an actual fight, it's kind of I guess reflex takes over. I'm bringing a blaster next time. <laughs> they won't expect it. <clears throat> No, I'm not sure they'll allow you to continue in the tournament if you win with it, though. I well, then they'll just have to talk to the business end of my blaster. <laughs> so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I'll try to I'll try to maybe pick a couple good ones out of the uh, like 700 pictures I ended up getting and and throw those up on the site and we'll put some links. We'll put some links in the description.